All right, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, how are we feeling today? Kevin, what is going on? Um, I was at the game today. Yeah. First yeah. time being at a baseball game in, you know, two, uh, like close to two years now. Yeah. Obviously not a, uh, not a super fun game to watch, all things considered. Uh, okay, for the first inning was good. Yeah, that double steal was electric, right? But yeah, me, me and my brother, we got down to the park today. Uh, you know, got to see the Phils in action. Um, got to see people mercilessly uh, boo Bryce Harper, which is so lame, by the way, for them to yeah. continue to uh, get over it. That's Standing ovation when he was striking out, too. So I, they cheer louder for when Harper strikes out than when they score a run. It is insane. Well, um, you don't really have any fans. Yeah, you know, all 12 of their fans there today. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, a, a frustrating end to the series, I think. You know, they, they definitely had an opportunity to capitalize. Last podcast, I, I went on record saying they got to come out of these three games with a sweep. I, I stand by that. I think this was a game they should have won, and, you know, they showed up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, it always sucks, even when you went to a three, to drop the finale because then you, you walk away with a bad taste in your mouth. Overall, big series win on the road. I certainly feel good about that, especially rallying in the ninth inning the night before. It was his late, the last night now. But dropping today and losing in the fashion that they did, just an absolute dud, always kind of leaves you with a sour taste walking away because they they should be able to sweep the Nationals. With that said, I'm still very happy taking two or three. Now it's important that they t- can take two or three this weekend because coming in, into this week, I stated to you, we need to go four and two minimum this week. Four and two because it is early, but – we're at the 38 game mark now, 38 games. We had a 20 and 18. We're starting to get into the season a little bit. We're, we're nearing the quarter pole, the quarter pole mark here. So it's time to start stacking some wins. They're seven and three in their last 10. Um, they have been playing pretty good baseball overall. They've had some bad losses mixed in there. Um, so like they're on the upswing. However, we need to see two or three this week. Yeah. And I forget who said it, but there's always that term out there. If you can't really judge a team until you're about 40 games into the season and you know, yeah. we're kind of, we're right at that threshold. We're at 38, and the Phillies are two games over 500, a game and a half back, which I think seems pretty appropriate. Yep. You know, they've they've looked uh, they've looked really good at times, and they've looked really bad at times. Uh, today, this afternoon, was an example of that. Something that really stuck out to me that frustrated me, even during Wednesday's game, was kind of the approach the team had uh, from an offensive perspective against the likes of John Lester and Patrick Corbin. That was yep. something we highlighted going into the series. These are these are not. These aren't two dominant pitchers like they used to be back in the day. And they made Lester look very, very good on Wednesday. Patrick Corbin looked like an ace from where I was sitting yeah. in the stands. Uh, yeah. That was frustrating. They left a lot of runners on base. Um, you know, they, they weren't particularly great with the runners in scoring position against uh, Lester and Corbin. So it, it's things like that where, again, we, we've talked about it all season long. I want to see competitive baseball every single day. Look, they lose, they lose. It is what it is. They took two yeah. or three. That, that's a productive three games of baseball. But you're right. It's kind of that sour taste, the manner in which it happened against a divisional rival, you know, kind of another unnecessary loss tossed onto the stack of unnecessary losses. Zach Eflin didn't really have his stuff early on in the ball game. Yep. It's kind of – you put all those together, you're right. It's not a particularly great feeling. And they kind of needed that momentum because, look, Toronto's playing some really good baseball at the moment. They're coming off a sweep of their own against Atlanta. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating. Again, two of three is productive. But I would have liked to see more against 
in my opinion, kind of a bottom feeder in the National League in terms of the uh, the Nationals. Yeah, they're not very good. And the salt in the wound for me was Josh Bell going deep. Mm-hmm. Because he's not good. <laughs> and that was a bomb. He ran in the one there. Uh, I spent a lot of the offseason bashing that move from the Nationals. A lot of people were high on it. That guy's not very good. Um, they got him out all week until today. And that, I'm not sure if that ball's landed yet. That, that was an absolute blast. Um, Eflin settled in, but the damage was done at that point. It didn't really matter. Um, they, only, they only got a run because they stole home. I mean, they didn't knock anybody in. Um, we've talked about this before, too. It took two or three. It's great. But we, we've even mentioned before, winning the final game of the series always feels better. Even like Because I remember they dropped two or three to, to Atlanta, but they won the finale, and we were kind of like, all right, you know, you know, coming off a win, that's always good. Uh, it just feels weird to kind of be like, damn, after taking two or three against a division rival. But, I mean, that's where we're at. However, I'm, I'm never really going to complain about winning two out of three games because if they can consistently do that, we'll be where we need to be towards the end of the year. Yeah, and I want to pivot back to Eflin. I'm glad you brought him up because he was kind of a guy. You know, I had my brother with me. He doesn't follow the Phils as closely as we do, um, as yeah. closely as our listeners do. So I was kind of explaining him. I was like, yeah, Zach Eflin, like he's he's pitching real well at the moment. Like he's become a legit, uh, you know, one of the better number threes in baseball. And then right on yeah. cue, right, he gives up four yeah. home runs. Uh, to Kyle Schwarber, too, who, again, is not very yeah. good. I mean, him and Josh Bell are both hitting under 200 at the moment. Like these those moves haven't worked out for the Nationals. Uh, but I saw some flashes there for a moment of that 2019 Eflin where it's it's kind of one end or the other with him, and I want him to settle more in that middle. He looked great the rest of the afternoon, which is, is promising. I think he'll be okay in the next start. But um, it, it's kind of those – I don't know if they're mental lapses or just you know a pitch slips once in a while, if Knapp called the wrong pitch, whatever the situation is, uh, it's going to be tough to win ball games when your starting pitcher is, is spotting the team a 4-1 lead. To start the ball game off, um, you know, by no means am I out on Eflin. I still think he's going to be yeah. pretty good, but I, I do think Thursday was was kind of just a little, a little thorn in the side of all right. Keep an eye on this because now you know Eflin's ERA is back kind of in that high three range. He's kind of hovering around that. Well, you know, he might be a plus three. He might just be kind of an average three. Um, so it, I just think it's something to keep an eye on. Is are these types of outings? against bad teams going to be frequent or was this just a one-off with Eflin and he'll come out next week and be dominant again? I think that's the thing. We got to see how he responds because this is his first outing this year where it's not even that he didn't have his stuff. He just missed some spots early in the game and they made him pay. You got to tip your captain of nationals there. I mean, they, they, they made him pay for two mistakes that he made. He left the ball over the plate twice and they crushed both of them. He kind of settled in after that. I gave up that additional run later on, but there was a stretch there. He struck out, what, six or seven in a row. Um, but we, we got to limit that first inning damage because that's something that Eflin was doing previously when he was very inconsistent. He'd have that one inning that killed him. Now we want to make sure that he comes out and he rebounds next week um, because he's very important to this ball club. He's, he's very important, especially when you have two question marks at the back of that rotation. They need Zach Eflin to make days like today really rare you know what i mean yeah and something i i I noticed is that the phillies have now lost back-to-back uh nola efflin starts right nola came out shaky against atlanta over the weekend and then efflin coming out today and look nola wheeler efflin you're not going to win every game these guys pitch 
But again, that, that's kind of something that needs to become a rarity where when those three guys are pitching, you, you need to feel very confident you're, you're winning, uh, you know, two to three of those games at minimum. This past week, they only won one. And, you know, that was a game where they had to rally late and scramble in extra innings and do all of that nonsense. So it was a fun win, though. What's up? That was a fun game uh, Tuesday night. Oh, I was electric. The, the finale of it, the end of it was, was great. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I, I do think it's worth kind of pointing out that, look, they did win two of three. Wasn't the cleanest two wins. Uh, you know, obviously the effluent stuff is a little bit concerning. The offense going dry at times is concerning. Uh, you know, there's other players we're going to touch on here who are really, really struggling at the moment. So uh, it, it's, it's a good two or three. I don't think it's a great two or three. And I do think it kind of continued to raise some red flags with this team of, are they going to be able to get over that hump and start consistently just racking up wins after wins after wins, which for all intents and purposes is kind of what the New York Mets are doing at the moment where they've started to find their groove. And now it's like rattling off seven straight. They might lose a couple and they're going to rattle off seven straight again. It's like, that's kind of the groove I need to see the Phillies get into moving forward. Yeah, but we we talked about this uh, last night. The, the big thing about the Mets run right now for the Phillies is the Phillies have kind of heated up at the perfect time because even with the Mets winning seven in a row, we have the standings scrolling across the bottom right now. They're only a game and a half back. The the Phillies run really coincided. Oh, you with hang on, timeout, buzzword, only X game back. <laughs> you you're getting to me here. It, they they won seven in a row. They could yeah. be like Atlanta right now, who's four back. Miami's four and a half back. The Phillies got got their stuff together here. Kind of perfect timing with the Mets ripping off seven in a row. Because look, the Mets are gonna—they're not going to continue to win and win and win every single day. Uh, it's big that the Phillies haven't allowed to happen what the Braves have allowed to happen, who now find themselves four games back. Now the Braves have some have some significant ground to make up here. Yeah, uh, I mean the Braves are now. I mean, the Phillies are five back in the loss column. The Braves are now seven back in the loss column to the Mets. Uh, I mean, the, the the Mets' early COVID situation where they didn't play a ton of games early kind of has them set to where they've played significantly less games than the rest of the division. But there's no taking away what the Mets are doing right now. They're playing very good baseball. I mean, seven in a row, seven in a row, you know. It's, it's not a bad spot to be in for the New York Mets. Uh, the whole point I'm trying to make is, if the Phillies were continuing to sputter as they were, I don't know, 14 days ago, they could find themselves multiple games back at this point. Yeah, um, and I think that kind of just brings the conversation back to uh, making sure games like today don't happen. Yep, you got to minimize them for sure. Because you got because look, that's a game again. You had Eflin on the mound. You're feeling pretty good. Corbin entered that game with a 7.36 ERA, and they weren't able to capitalize. And look, you move on. Now you got to face Toronto, who's up a much better ball club than Washington. You're, you're going to have to seriously elevate uh, the manner in which you play over the next couple of days compared to what they put up in Washington. Because again, the performances in Washington weren't all that impressive, uh, you know, outside of a few flashes of offense here or there. But uh, yeah, now it's again, look, they're, they're, they're playing catch up. Uh, it's still early, but they are playing catch up. So you got to start kind of stacking some wins maybe where you weren't initially expected to. And then going on the road against the Blue Jays is kind of one of, the, one of those scenarios where it's like, all right, are you, are you a 500 ball club or are you a good ball club who's going to win two or three? Two or three this weekend would be big, man, especially with Velasquez and Anderson on the mound. That's the one big concern for me. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of runs in tomorrow's game because the Phillies have known, been known to beat up on Steven Matz. And, 
you really never know what you're going to get with Vince Velasquez. And Toronto is a good offense, so there, there should be some runs on the board tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a good good time to kind of pivot towards the offense because, again, we kind of saw the usual, the inconsistent uh, Phillies where, you know, specifically this week with JT missing time, it really put a lot of burden on Bryce Harper to kind of do everything. And it was kind of a matter of when he wasn't hitting, this offense wasn't working. Um, even in the, the game today that I was at, that, that double steal was orchestrated by Harper getting on base with two strikes. Yep. I did a great job driving a ball up the middle of the field, infield single, they were able to pull off the double steal. And then for the rest of the game, it just felt like guys were coming up to the plate. People were striking out. People were grounding out. People were striking out. People were grounding out. Um, a lot of ground outs, it felt like, today. A ton. Yeah, Corbin had him completely fooled. Uh, at the plate. Good, man. You got to tip your cap to Corbin. He was on. Man, I'm not tipping my cap to Corbin. He was on. Um, I'm not, not tipping my cap to nice things. Um, but, yeah, so, now, so again, I don't know what JT status is moving forward, but it still goes beyond the argument of it can't just be Bryce and JT. Reese has got to be more productive if he's going to – I mean, he was banned cleanup the last two days, which just didn't really work. Yeah, um, he, should be, you know, he shouldn't be second. No, he should, he should be deeper in the lineup. Um, yeah. Obviously, O'Double gave him some pop, but, look, Bohm was really, really pressing at the moment. Kill him, uh, man. Yeah, he's he's really struggling. Gene yeah. kind of back to where he was at the beginning of the season, not hitting. He's not going to hit 350 for the rest of the season. For sure. But you know, they're going to have to start stacking together more well-rounded approaches at the plate besides just oh, maybe Harper hits a home run today and we yeah. and we win, right? Yeah, they actually manufactured a run the other day and it was kind of like, wow, did that really just happen? Uh I think it was like a walk, steal second. Or it might have been a double. They moved them over with a sack bunt, the third sack fly. I mean, that never happens with the Phillies. It's a thing of beauty, man. Yeah, it's you know, it's amazing. You know what happens when you didn't actually are trying to put runs on the board instead of just hitting the ball out of the ballpark. You know, um, but you, you mentioned O'Double. Huge week. They really needed. Uh, they really needed someone else to step up. Uh, he's been fantastic the past week on the field. Uh, I, mean, I think he entered today nine for his last twenty three. He had a hit today, I believe. Um, uh, he seems to really be settling into that role. Uh, they moved him up in the lineup. I thought it was going to – I texted you, 0 for 4 incoming. Yeah, it, it, Dud's going to come out, and he got another hit today. Uh, they really needed something from center field, and he's really kind of settling into that role really nicely. I mean, I'll take you one step further. I don't think he's just settling in. I think he's he's taking this job and really yeah. got away with it. Um, yeah. And, again, look, we've – We've talked about this before. We're fully aware what O'Double did in 2019. Yeah, you do not condone it. Really, really bad stuff. You yeah. can make the argument he should not be in Major League Baseball, but unfortunately – On the team. Yeah, or, or on the team, whatever the case is. Like he, very clear argument for him not to be employed by Major League Baseball, but the bullpen blues, look, we don't, we're not the commissioners. We don't get to make those decisions. Yep. We're not Dave Dombrowski. Um, but he's playing, and he's playing really well. Um, his OPS yeah. – I think over the last eight days is over a thousand. Um, his batting average uh, is, is climbing up to that 250 mark every single time he gets to the plate. He looks like a knucklehead out there sometimes, sliding yeah. in the first days, bat flipping walks, whatever the case is. But yeah, you're totally right. He's he's giving them production, uh, which was huge because there was like a three week stretch there where it was just automatic out in the eight hole every single game, and it was crazy yeah. that they that they managed to win some baseball games during that stretch because they legit had an eight hole and a nine hole. That never touched the baseball with your bat. Yeah. I, the home run last night was massive. Uh, I think it was big, too. The team has rallied around that situation, and we're not going to get into it further. But the team's embraced them, which is very important. Bryce Harper came out 
very supportive words last night. Uh, look, we can have our opinion. Everyone, I, if you know, I totally get people that don't want them on the roster. You're perfectly fine to feel that way. I completely understand where you're coming from. But like you said, we're not in charge of the roster. We're just here to talk about the Phillies. He's been good. You can't ignore that. Uh, and you just got to hope that he continues to play well. Knowing Oduble, he'll hit 370 this month, and then he'll come out in June and just fall flat on his face. Uh, the bat flipping with the walk, the bat flipping's kind of corny, but I love the emotion, the clapping. People have been kind of hating on that. That stuff's contagious. Uh, not a lot of guys on the Phillies are like that. So to see that is nice. The slide, head first slide in the first base needs to stop. He's going to break his damn hand, let alone that it slows you up anyway. It's been proven that running through the bag gets you there quicker. He's going to break his hand or something. I cringe every single time he does it. I don't know why he does it. Like you said last episode, it looks cool. But, I mean, it hasn't It looks super cool. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't done anything for him. Now, I, every time he does it, I'm like, dude, he's going to break something. It, it just looks awful. Yeah, well, the energy thing is a good point. Uh, it's a big reason we like Brad Miller so much on yeah. this show, right? Because oh, he kind of – yeah, it's just a little bit of spark. He had another hit today, right? That's all he does is hit the yep. baseball. It just kind of has a little bit of spark to him where it seems like he's just really excited to be out there playing baseball. And that's no knock on some of the other players. Everyone has different personalities. I mean, even Bryce Harper's a rather quiet guy for kind of the brand that he has, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, Oduble, look, he's out there. He's clapping up the walks. He's, he's bat flipping everything. And it's like, yeah, it's a little obnoxious, but I do kind of, appreciate a little bit of added energy because it looked like the Phillies were dead in the water on Wednesday and he came <laughs> out looking to hit a home run and that's what he did. And then they got a hanger, man. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to hit the wall. I was yelling at my TV. Get up. Yeah. Get up. Yeah, he, he smoked that thing. Uh, yeah. He was gone. <laughs> but yeah, big win uh, last night and it really changed the outlook today because if they dropped last night and tonight, look, we've already come into this episode where we're kind of like, we want better. Mm-hmm. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I, I believe I tweeted out that if they lost the series in the Nats, I was going to go on a historic level rant. So we'll Not save that. We'll, we'll save, save that. that for get swept right. this weekend or something. Yeah. No. That will, yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah. But yeah. So all right. So looking ahead, right? We got the Blue Jays, and I, I was actually on a Blue Jays podcast uh, earlier tonight, talking uh, talking some Blue Jays. And again, look, they're, they're coming off an impressive stretch of baseball, and uh, you, you've already highlighted uh, the major concern. We got Vince going tomorrow night, Chase Anderson on Sunday. Like, it, can they even win one of those starts, Kevin? I mean, they can. If, they, if Vince comes out and does what he does the last two outings, they'll have a very good chance to win that ball game tomorrow. <laughs> but you just never know with Vince Velasquez, man. You really just never know what you're going to get. Um, I'm hoping that when I pop the TV on at work that I don't see, you know, Bottom of the first, 32 pitches for Velasquez, two guys on, two nuts and Blue Jays. I really don't – I'm over that with Velasquez, man. Uh, let's let's get five or six tomorrow from him. I'd, I'd love seven if he wants to go seven. When's the last time he went seven in a game? It has to be his um, 16-game strikeout game that he's made a career off of. Yeah, like years ago. He's not doing that. Um, but no, that. I think I think that's worth bringing up with Anderson too, um, because I was very critical of Anderson on Tuesday, and I'm, I'm remaining steadfast in that take that he, he has not been good enough, and he was not good enough Tuesday, and they won that ball game. Luckily, the bat. I thought he was okay. I, I disagree. Um, I, I think again, you paid him four million dollars. 
Yeah. The word they used was innings eater. Kevin, he's not, he's barely getting them through five most nights. And then it's the same with Vince where you flip on the TV, you look at Chase Anderson, you're like, oh, he's like through two innings. He's cruising. Then you look up at the pitch count, he's at 55 pitches. Yeah. It's like, what, what are we doing here? Let's, let's pound the zone. Let's work some, let's work some counts. Let's, but let's generate some production here because we're paying you $4 million to be an above average number four. Right now, he's like an average to below average number five. I mean, he's ERA is yeah. north of 5.2, which is not acceptable. Um, look, he's facing his former team this weekend. Um, obviously, the Blue Jays, they have a ton of offensive power between Bo Bichette, uh, Guerrero, uh, Marcus Simeon, uh, like a ton of, ton of offense on that team. But it's a you know maybe this is an opportunity against some guys he's pitched against before in, in spring training or whatever the case was to give us a productive outing. But I just like first and foremost, let's record an out in the sixth inning. Chase, yeah, that, that's the number one goal I feel like for him this weekend is record an out in the sixth inning. I was kind of annoyed with Girardi. Um, if you're going to be that quick with the hook in the sixth, then they should have pinch hit for him. I mean, there's no no question. Um, I get why they took him out, but like if you're not going to pinch hit there, I talked about it on the last episode. One of these outings, Girardi's just going to have to see, you know, let him go a little bit. First sign of adversity there in, in the what was it, the sixth inning? He gave up a home run and he gave up a walk. Who I want? I do want to say this to Trey Turner and Juan Soto, like damn good players, man. There's, there's no shame in, in that happening to you, especially your third time facing them. I thought the hook was too quick, man. You know, he was at like 85 pitches. I want to say he was north of 90. Hey, buddy, I think he was at 90. I believe he was at 90 on the dot. And I think that's where – I don't disagree with you, especially when you bring in the pitch, pinch hitting argument. If, if the oh, hook yeah, was going to be that short. Yeah. Like, like you, you're hit. fully aware Soto and Turner are up next in the, uh, the lineup. Like you know he's going to have to pitch against them. Uh, no, no, he was at 85 pitches. You're correct. Um, was it 85? Okay. Yeah. With that said, I, I still think I'm, I'm going to defend Joe a little bit here because I still think part of it is on Chase to not be at 85 pitches, um, you know, heading into the sixth inning. I think, again, you want to see him kind of chew through the lineups a little bit more. Look, yeah, it's Trey Turner and Juan Soto, which I, I want to throw this out there. I actually thought the Phillies did a pretty good job navigating around those two. Yes. Yeah. Specifically Soto. I thought they handled him pretty well. They kept him up all once today. Yeah, so they made time made. Yeah, maybe they're starting to figure him out a little bit, which which would be fantastic. Um, one can only hope, dude. One can only hope. But uh, yeah, so I still think part of it's on Chase. I think, look, let's if we're playing, we're playing on Sunday, and Chase is through five, and he's at sixty-five pitches. He's at seventy pitches. Joe's gonna let him pitch the sixth as long as he doesn't get absolutely hammered out there. He better. Uh, dude. I, I think it's just a matter of Chase has got to get there first because he hasn't done it yet. No, and like you did mention, he's familiar with the guys that he's facing this weekend. So be interesting to see how it goes. Um, hopefully, hopefully the Phillies win the first two games of the series. So it's not all on Anderson to win the series on Sunday. Because I wouldn't feel too good about that situation. Yeah, especially with Robbie Ray on the mound, too, for Toronto, who's, who's pitching pretty good this year. You know what, though? The the Phillies need to be prepared to work the count with Robbie Ray because he'll walk you. He'll absolutely walk you. So they need to be able to – they need to be prepared to see a lot of pitches this weekend and make him work, get into the bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I, I think that kind of goes back to the 
the offensive approach that this team has, which I didn't think was very good against Leicester. I didn't think was very good against Corbin, where it's kind of like know your pitcher, know the situation, uh, you know, kind of don't be afraid to grind out some of these at-bats. Like I said, it doesn't always need to be a home run, and it doesn't always need to be a walk. You know, there's a healthy balance between all of these, which I feel like the team outside of Harper, outside of JT, um, you know, I mean, you just threw up JT's stat number. He's hit 438 over the last seven days, which is insane. Um, You know, again, I I think he's going to play this week, and he's not on the IL, so he should be okay. He's on Um, that COVID list, so we'll see how it ends up going. He should be back soon. Um, this is how it was supposed to come up, so I apologize to our to our viewers. Oh no, it still looks it still looks fantastic. Um, so yeah, you know, outside of Harper and JT, um, if we can start getting again, kind of that better approach, yeah, whether it's against a Robbie Ray, whether it's against a a Matt tomorrow night, where you know you kind of know your pitcher, you're not afraid to battle, you're not afraid to you know maybe shorten up the swing a little bit like that. That's what I want to see this weekend against against the Blue Jays. And we talked about how they've seen Mats. It's going to help the Phillies. Like, they've seen him a lot over the years. So it's not unfamiliarity. We don't even know who's pitching Saturday. Do we have any idea who it may be? Uh, I don't really have a clue. I'd have to go look at, you know, the rotation. I mean, I don't really know off the top of my head who it could be. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, It's not Ryu, is it? it? I would think it wouldn't be. Again, another guy I wouldn't particularly want to see this weekend. I don't want to see three left-handers in a row. No, sir. Look at that. Stripling pitched today, so it's not going to be him. Um, so who pitched on Monday for him? Was it might have been Ryu, man? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It, it's TBD for a reason. Maybe they got something weird in mind. Might be an opener situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a stripling pitch today. They only have four guys listed in their rotation. Okay. Um, now, Ryu threw the 12th. So, what was that yesterday? Yeah. It was not going to be Ryu. All right. It might be like a Tedrick Thornton or something or, or a Trent Thornton. It might be an opener type of situation. Yeah, they might bullpen the game, which wouldn't I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, look, this is a very good ball club. I believe you said they're coming off two straight sweeps. I think so. If I know they swept the Braves, they swept Atlanta. Um, who one of these episodes I'm going to get you to admit that they're not as good as people think they are. The three-time reigning NL East champion. Who cares what they did before? We're talking about here and now, brother. Mike Soroka's got an exploratory surgery on his Achilles tendon. Yeah, he's probably done for the year. Acuna got hurt today, although his x-rays were negative. Atlanta's in trouble, brother. Yeah, all right, time out. How many times is Acuna gonna act like his season did you say it did you say it no, i saw him rolling around that's what i mean like it looked really bad and it was yeah. like he's day to day well that's what, that's what happened with the coonrod pitch i thought he'd fractured his hand the way yeah. he was and it come out it's like yeah he's a pinky bruise and i was like Dude. now look this is a guy who look i won the championship so it is what it is i apologize phillies fans but i have a cooney in a keeper league fantasy baseball um had him for a couple of years now every time the guy Gets some type of bruise, my heart drops because, like, he's a huge part of my roster. Today I'm thinking, oh, no. And then it's like, oh, no, he's day-to-day. He could return this weekend. It's ridiculous. He uh, likes the attention. Um, it's unbelievable. All right, Kevin, I'm going to start wrapping things up here. I got two kind of uh, unique topics I want to touch on real quick. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? No. Um, no. I'm all ears, dude. What, what, what you got for me? Okay, point number one, John Heyman tweeted out this afternoon. I don't know if you saw. I saw it. Anibal Sanchez 
yeah. in a 100-pitch bullpen. And Now, Heyman's tweeted this a few times where he's like, a team's going to sign Anibal any day now. And like, any he tweeted that like a month ago, and it hasn't happened. Now, 100 pitches is, is a lot, especially for Anibal. Um, we know the Phillies have checked in with Anibal multiple times over the past couple of months. We know Dave Dombrowski has a relationship with Anibal. Uh, like, he's right there if they want to if they want to go that route. I mean, it can't hurt to have that depth, you know? Like, it really can't. I don't know if he's the answer. I'm not going to – look, if they sign Anibal Sanchez, they still need to be looking to make a move at the deadline. I would be really upset if that's a move they t- they make and then they're like, ah, we're good. We have enough rotation arms now because that's not the case. Yeah, and I think if anything, if they do sign Anibal, it would more so be a declaration that Chase Anderson failed as an experiment because I would I would expect them to go target a, a number four around the deadline and then Anibal is your number five. Uh, that's what I would expect that signing to be. Which again, I don't know if they're there yet with Chase Anderson. Some of the fans might be. I don't know. I don't know if the organization is after handing yeah. him four million dollars. Like that's it's quite. But I mean, they've already pulled the trigger on Matt Moore. He's done. He's not starting another game. Yeah. I, I, I'm still intrigued about him in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, he was pitching garbage innings today. Oh, one, two, three inning. You know, that's all right though. That's that's what your mop up is supposed to be there for. Yeah, that's what David Hale was meant to be, and Girardi's throwing him into these high leverage situations, and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, except you know, you don't you don't want to pay your mop up guy three million dollars. Uh, very true. Yeah, about. very true. Very true. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see with the Anibal thing. Uh, you know, if he even gets signed, where he gets signed, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Atlanta even checked in on it because it looks, you know, they're, they're, they're hurting in the starting pitching department right now. You know, they're, they're seriously understaffed there. That's why I'm saying they're in trouble. They don't have oh, any. Oh, I agree. They're in trouble. Like losing Soroka, huge. Max free doesn't look healthy. Like these are, these are issues. Yep. I'm not yep. ready to, to call them bad. You know what? 38 games into the season after three straight years well, of them just dominating the division. It's in the past though, man. It, it, it's it's important historical context. I mean, like, it is, but very like, important. it's not this year, though. Like, I get uh, it. They have a lot of the same players. Like, I understand that, but. I'm not I'm not anywhere close to ruling out the Braves winning this division. Not I'm, not, I'm not either, but I'm just saying, if we're going to be critical of the Phillies who have a winning record against Atlanta this year, and they're two and a half games above them in the division, it's not really fair that we're being super hard on the Phillies and then we're like, ah, oh, Atlanta will be all right. They'll rebound. Well, if the Phils had won the division three years in a row and almost made the World Series last year, I, mean, I wouldn't like, be this critical. Like, it's, I, I get it. I get. I get. What you're saying. The Braves are what like an out away from going to the World Series last year. Like they, they get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's like very important. You did concept. say uh, around the forty game mark is when you start to form an opinion on a ball club. We're we're getting very close. Oh yeah. Well, and like I said, my my opinion is is they're hurt. They're starting pitching. Doesn't mean they can't improve it. Just like we're expecting. For sure. Them, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, and I, don't know, I think I think we're all in agreement. The Phillies don't have the most amount of uh, prospects to outbid teams if that's where we get to. Um, all right. So moving forward, the, the other the other point I wanted to talk about real quick is uh, Reese Hoskins, Oof. who he had an RBI last night. He had a big hit last night. He did. It was awesome. Kind of classic Reese turning over the ball, hitting it real hard in the left field. Uh, his numbers are still way down. Uh, look, and you can pull up the baseball savant page. You see the hard hit percentage. You see the barrel percentage, and then you see his chase percentage. And his whiff percentage. And it, it's a tale of two stories with Reese. We've talked about it before on this episode. I've written articles about it in the past. Kevin, something I've noticed. I noticed it with Harper. I noticed it with Juan Soto when he hits. Uh, I noticed it with a few other players. 
it is players, you know, opening up their stance, shortening yeah. up their swing a little bit with two strikes. And it, it's a change Harper made. I want to say late in 2019, early. He has no stride. He has no stride with two strikes. Yeah, and he just puts yeah. the ball in play. And and look at his batting average. I mean, he's batting 300, which is like insane for Harper. That's not something he does. Uh, like I said, you see Soto do it a ton as well, and it, it really produces productive at bats time after time when you, they shorten up the swing, they open up the stance, they stop the huge leg uh, leg kick. I'm like, why? Like Reese should be doing that, right? I mean. You would think. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it, it, it's like I understand, you know, kind of the boomer bust potential of letting him swing for it all on two strikes. If, if he makes contact, it's probably going to be good. But, I, I mean, I feel like we've seen as the sample size gets larger and larger with him, I, I do think it's time for him maybe to adjust the way he views specifically two strike counts. Yeah. And, look, the thing that made Reese so valuable with his validity offensively is he consistently got on base now look we spent a lot of the offseason saying we wanted him to be more aggressive but there's a middle ground that he has not found because david he's not walking at all like drastically his walk rate is down drastically it kind of is what saved him offensively when he was going through these ridiculous spells that he goes through i gave you a stat the other day what was it it was uh in a six-game span, which included that Colorado series, he had four homers, or it might have been six homers. Six homers and, like, X amount of RBIs. The other 29 games at the time, he had two homers and nine RBIs. He has really not done anything aside from that spurt between, I think it was St. Louis and Colorado. Might have been San Francisco, Colorado. Whoever was mixed in with the Colorado series. He hasn't done anything at all, and he's not getting on base which is something that saved him. He's he's become almost unplayable at times. And they have a fantastic option waiting in the wings in Mr. Brad Miller, who's now hitting 305 on the year. David, they need to continue to find ways to get Miller in the lineup. And if that means they need to sit Reese Hoskins, it is what it is, man. He's not a good enough offensive player right now to justify sitting him in the lineup every night. Yeah, and look, you know how I feel about Brad Miller. I'm with you. No there. Um, I think for what it's worth, I think Bohm might be the guy getting some days off moving forward because he, he he needs to spell off. Use both of them, man, because Miller can play both sides. Yeah, absolutely. He's in the lineup too. Absolutely. That's, I mean, Maton's another guy who's just grinding out at bats every time he steps to the plate. I'm totally yeah. on board with you there. Um, yeah, with Reese, and look, the on-base thing, like if, if if pitchers are throwing you strikes, don't just take them for the sake for sure. of kind of work a walk, right? Like we're all in agreement that him being aggressive is the best version of Reese Hoskins. Like we'd like that. We need him driving in runs. In a perfect world, he's this team's cleanup hitter for the next 10 years, right? Like that's that's always been the expectation with Reese. The problem is, for whatever reason, he can't find that balance, like you mentioned. He's either all the way on on the walk, I'm just gonna I'm gonna Joey Votto this to the very end, yeah. or I'm all the way down at the I'm going to be a, a 200 hitter, but I'm going to hit 30 home runs every year. And it's like I need I need the middle ground, right? Because it, if this team wants to go significant places, like Reese plays a part in that. Like that's just that's just where how this team has been constructed is with the idea that Reese Hoskins is an All Star caliber bat behind a Bryce Harper in front of a JT Romuto, like whatever the situation is. Until he can figure that out, like it, you're right, it's totally tough. And that's where I kind of go back to the two stride approach. Like let's. 
give me a bloop single once in a while. Go opposite way once in a while. Like it doesn't always have to be 110 miles per hour off the bat when he when he you know gets on base. There's just too many players in baseball who can hit 30 homers and hit 215. He's just a, he's a he's a replacement level player right now. It's just just the truth of the matter. It's just is what he is. Um, there's just too many guys that are just like him in baseball to justify him being a part of the core of the roster. And I understand the fans like him so much because he's a likable guy. But that only gets you so far, man. Like we're trying to win, we're trying to win. Uh, does he give him the best chance moving forward? At this time, probably. But realistically, moving forward, moving forward, not really. No, I, I wouldn't break a sweat if they moved on from him. Yeah, and then, you know, I'm, I'm probably not all the way there yet, even though yeah. for some reason people on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not saying get rid of the guy. Yeah, no, he's not someone that I'm like. You cannot trade him. We're not, we're not there. Yeah, no, he's like I said, and and again, I think it just comes back to. Uh, him kind of maybe reconstructing how he views his plate appearances at the moment. Because I, I think if he can do that, you know, and get on base via a single once in a while, you know, a, a lightly hit, just bloop over the shortstop. Like, those are so beautiful, right? Like, or doing a job when, when there's nobody out and a man on first and second. Like, I don't need a home run. I need you to get that runner to third base. Like, that's what I need. And I feel like we're not there yet for whatever reason. It could be the hitting coach. It could be Girardi. It could be Hoskins. It could be his trainer. Uh, like, like whoever. But I, that's I, just something I noticed watching Soto hit because he's such a student of the game. He does such a great job adjusting the pitches. Uh, it's just something I noticed that I thought, you know, like, why isn't, why isn't our guy doing that too? It's also, to be fair, um, Juan Soto is top 10 offensive player in, in the entire league. Yes. It's not really a fair comparison, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, – Hey, man, I totally agree. And this is coming from someone who I've never really been a huge Reese Hoskins guy. His splits always indicated that he helped dramatically by playing Bank Park. So it's the Coors Field effect. Now the, the fans are in love with the guy, and he's a replacement-level player. That's, it is what he is, and that's not to say he stinks, but he's not a star, certainly not a star. And he should probably be hitting sixth or seventh. Um, right now, him hitting fourth, I don't think is the worst thing. While JT's out, because he can still run into one. But yeah, uh, it's just a new week. Same story with Reese Hoskins from us, man. Need to see more. Yeah, and look, say this every time we get on the pod. Fingers crossed, we're sitting here on Rooting Sunday, praising his butt off, talking about how great he is. I mean, we're there every single week. Um, you know, like I said, look, I'm hoping Chase Anderson's my Philly of the week come Sunday. I'd make my day, Kevin. He could. If he comes out and wins another start, he might be, man. Yeah, wins another iron. I see, I see the little the little jab. No, yeah. Um, all right, Kevin. Anything else before we sign off tonight? Uh, I do want to say it's Mickey Moniac's 23rd birthday today. It is. Yeah. The number two Mickey Moniac podcast in the world. The number felt two. Like, I felt like we had to shout that out. Hey, you know, and shame on me for not bringing it up. So good job, man. That's all right. I got you. Happy birthday, Mick. Um, what I'm here for. I guess. I guess. Last thing we wanted to point out real quick is we didn't like we barely even touched on it. The new kind of visual overlay yeah. we got going on. Yeah. Uh, trying something new. Kevin, the uh, mastermind behind the scenes. All credit goes to him for this one. Uh, so let us know if you have an opinion. If you yeah. like, if you anything like you want to see, you know, I'm trying to look. The more we get into it, the, the better the banners, and there's not going to be 
mistakes like earlier when I put this up when it was not it was supposed to be a ticker and not just like a banner. The more comfortable I get with that, you won't be seeing those mistakes moving forward. Yeah, and then all the people on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify have no idea what we're talking about. No clue. About. No clue, but you know so, what? They got to check out YouTube because we're making moves here. Yes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link down in the description. As yep. always, check it out. It's free to subscribe. Um, yep. All right, Kevin. Back at it again tomorrow night. Taking on Let's Toronto. Get it, baby. Let's Big get it. Series. Vince on the mound. Ooh. Looking for another good start from him. Yep. With that said, we are the Bullpen Blues Podcast. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or on Twitter and Facebook. We are on YouTube, as I just said. Check out all of those links. They're all down below. Every single one of those links down below. Um, and we'll be back here on Sunday to recap a series sweep. Yes. Toronto. Sweep income and get those brooms ready. Two or three at least. Two or three. All right, let's do it. Yeah, we're, we're, the, we're the Bullpen Blues Podcast. We'll catch you on a couple of days. Yep. Thank you.